This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. How are we this morning? Are we good? Yeah, are we? Are we alive? Gosh! Do you know what? I, I love being in church. There's nothing nicer than being in church on a Sunday, even though it's sometimes cold or sometimes it's raining outside thinking, Lord, why am I saved getting out of bed going to church? But do you know what? It's such a gift when we get to come and we get to be together, right? Yeah. Come on. So I'm going to dive straight in um, today, if I can, to speak about this topic. Now, it's one word, one title, if, that's, if you're taking notes. All I'm talking about today is this concept of moving. How many of you enjoy moving? Any of you enjoy moving, moving house? Anyone enjoy change? It's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Moving, changes. How many of you actually enjoy change? Yes, it's okay, it's okay. I'm one of those people that I say, I love change. Nothing nicer than change. I love it. But then when change happens, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love change. Hate change. Hate change. Love routine. I love a plan. I love a schedule. So for me, a concept of moving, which in a couple of weeks' time, I'm going to be moving house, freaks me out a little bit because, I mean... That means a whole new kind of set of issues, a set of problems, set of adjustments. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Lovely, happy subject of moving. Right? Great. So I'm going to kind of um, carry on a little bit from what um, my father, Pastor Phil, spoke on and Andrea about two, three weeks ago. Um, This concept of contentment and being content in contentment. And what I kind of want to add on to the back of that maybe is that, you know, they spoke about how good it is to be content in all things and that it's really good to, you know, be joyful and be glad with whatever you've got, whether that's a little, whether that's a lot, we need to be content. But what Pastor Phil spoke on was that sometimes we can get so content in content that we fail to move forward. And what I kind of want to add on to the back of that is the importance of moving forward. The importance of being content, yes, but moving forward. Yeah? Cool. So, we're going to jump in straight to Genesis 26 verse 12. Now, I've been in the Old Testament quite a lot recently, um, purely because I love God. I love their faith. Like for me, I have the Holy Spirit. I know Jesus. We live in the New Testament, which means we are post-Jesus, post-resurrection. And we know what it is to know Jesus, have the Holy Spirit. But they didn't. All they had was faith in God. And it just blows my mind to see Moses and, you know, Noah and so many heroes of our faith who literally did what they did through faith. They didn't have the Holy Spirit. They didn't have, you know, that post-Jesus kind of victory all they had was faith and you know I've been spending a lot of time recently in you know Abraham and Isaac and that clean off story where he almost sacrificed his son like tell me that's not faith you know (laughs) and I've been spending a lot of time there and I came across this um, passage of scripture Genesis 26 verse 12 which just blew me away And so this is what it is. So at this time, there's famine in the land. It's post-Abraham. So, you know, he's had all his descendants, all of that. Like Isaac's lived through that with his dad. Um, You know, Abraham was told that he would be the father of many, which basically he was the man of faith. He was faith in kind of an umbrella 
Abraham, father of the faith. A lot of you maybe might know that. If you're newer to church, Abraham was a figure of faith, basically. Um, And read about his story. It is really amazing. But Genesis 26, verse 12, it says this. So at the moment, there's a, just remember there's famine in the land, okay? So, um, from verse 12. So Abimelech, who is a king, right? So he is a king of a place called, where's it called? Gara, or, yeah, Gera. Up to you how you want to say that. I say Gera, but, you know, open for discussion, I guess. So Abimelech gave orders to all the people. So, eh, no, wrong. Then Abimelech said, what is this you have done to us? One of the men might well have slept with your wife and would have brought guilt upon us. Basically, meaning that um, he pretended that his wife was his sister because she was so beautiful, he was scared that she'd get killed. And then he basically says, anyone who harms this man, Isaac, or his wife shall surely be put to death. So then Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. Anyone else want that blessing? (laughs) Please. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines, they envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug up in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped stopped up and filled them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, move away from us. You've become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar, where he settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped after Abraham died and gave them the same names his father had given them. Isaac's servant dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herders of Gerar quarreled with those. Um, of Isaac and said the water is ours so he named the well Isaac because they disputed with him they then dug another well but quarreled over that and so he named that Sitna he moved on from there dug another well no one quarreled over it so he named it Rehoboth saying now the Lord has given us room we will flourish in the land from there he went to Beersheba that night the Lord appeared to him and said I am the God of your father Abraham do not be afraid for I'm with you I will bless you and will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent and there his servants dug a well. Meanwhile, Abimelech had come to him from Gerar with his friend, his personal advisor, the commander of his forces. Isaac asked them, why have you come to see me since you were hostile to me and sent me away? And they answered, we saw clearly that the Lord was with you. So he said, there ought to be a sworn agreement between us. Then it finishes then by saying that... Um, the um, Isaac's people, they come and they basically tell him that well that we've been digging, we found water and then they all live happily ever after and set up their camp there. So let's just, before we jump in, let's just pray, yeah? So thank you, Lord, for, thank you for your word, God. Thank you that it is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. God, we pray this word blesses us, God. I pray it encourages us. I pray it challenges us, God, and leads us closer to you, Jesus, and closer to where we need to be as believers, closer to your heart, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So what has that got to do with moving? No houses, there's no kind of big shift, there's no part in the Red Sea, people marching through. What the heck does wells have to do with moving? And what I'm going to do is kind of take this a little bit out of context because for this is something that jumped out to me. So we're not going to talk about the envy that most people might do there of, you know, it was because of envy that he got pushed out of, of his like place of living. It was because they were like hostile towards him and pushed Isaac out. But that's not what we're going to look at today. 
What we're going to look at is the fact that Isaac was moved out of what was comfortable to find something that was fruitful, that final well. And what happened was Isaac goes on this journey to find where he's going to set up camp. And the first thing he does is he reopens an old well. And I really feel like when I was looking at this kind of passage of scripture, like moving is so like in the Bible, isn't it? Like the concept of moving, you know, Moses, he got taken out of Egypt to, no, he got taken from actually where he was born to Egypt to be raised as a king, only to then get moved out of that situation to find who he was and who he was going to be, to then move back into Egypt to move his people back out. Talk about moving. Jesus, he heals the sick. What's the next thing he does? Moves on to the next place. Jesus doesn't stay around. You know, he frees people, then he moves on to the next place. He's with his disciples before he gets, you know, taken and and, um, betrayed. What does he do? He moves himself out of where he is and he goes and he prays and he says, Lord, let this cup move away from me. (laughs) The concept of moving is so, so prominent in the Bible, even down to Isaac here. So as I said before, the first thing he does is he reopens an old well. But that doesn't work out. And I wonder if some of us today, in our process of moving from maybe what's comfortable, and maybe some of us are getting a bit of itchy feet, and we're moving maybe to try and find fruitfulness and try and find a new home, for want of a better word, but we find ourselves digging up old wells. We find ourselves going to maybe stuff that we used to go to before because when we were there, oh, it was fruitful then. Oh, but it was right back then, so let me just try this again now and just see if it works. Maybe like a relationship or maybe a job, something that maybe worked before, and now you're going back to that because, well, it's cutchy there, and I know what I'm getting there, and we're digging up old wells in hope to find fruitfulness, but actually what God's saying is, no, 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 this is seized up now. This was, this was put in, you know, this is, this is dry land now, this is not for you. And we're going over old ground sometimes in our lives. Like I said, it might be a job. It might be a relationship. And God just wants us to move on. You know, there's this beautiful verse in the Bible that says, you know, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Love that verse. But God says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. God doesn't want us to be reopening old things and trying to get that back alive again, you know. What he wants us to do is draw near to him and he'll draw near to us. God's got new stuff in store. He's got fresh stuff in store. But if we keep digging at all the old stuff, he can't give us new stuff. If we keep going back to things that are barren, things that are dead, he can't give us things that are new, things that are full of life and things that are fruitful. Do you understand? So he digs up the old well. The second thing he goes and does is he digs in a valley. But then the guys come over and they say, this isn't your land. Push off. (laughs) And, you know, for some of us, I feel like we're digging in the wrong places sometimes. Oh, well, it works for them. So let me just try and have this job because they're happy in this job. But actually, this job really doesn't fit me. But it's fine because it works for them and it's got a good salary. And, you know, this is what I'm going to do. But it's not for you. And God's like, no, you're digging in the wrong place. You're moving to the wrong position. Come with me. I've got better, better in store. It might be where you're serving, even in church. And you're like, oh, well, you know, there's there's excuses and this and that. And God's like, no, but if you go and ask, can I please be on a prayer team? Because I have a massive passion for prayer. And I know I'm on the kitchen because everybody needs people in the kitchen. And they're just as important as the people that pray. But I really can't make a good cup of tea. Can you please let me be on a prayer team where I really feel at home? 
And sometimes we dig up in the wrong places and we wonder why we come into conflict just like Isaac did, but it's because we're in the wrong place to begin with. He keeps on moving until he finds a place called Rehoboth, which translates to open space, or other translations call it room. Because what Isaac did was he kept moving. So when he came into conflict one time because he was digging up old stuff, trying to revitalize it, when he moved on to somewhere that still wasn't his land, it wasn't his place to be digging up, and they said, I'm sorry, you can't do this, you need to move on again, he just kept, kept moving to find an open space, find room to set up camp. I wonder if some of us this morning need to find room. Room to think, room to breathe, room to live, room to be. Instead of digging up old stuff and trying to find where's my place, where am I going, just find room, find some space. You know, sometimes we pray like, prayers like, oh Lord, bring revival. But we dig up old wells. Revival is not going to come like revival came last time. <laughs> Stop digging up old wells. <laughs> you know what I mean? What are you doing? Jesus doesn't say, you know, oh yeah, revival, revive all. How about that? You know what I mean? Like, stop digging up old wells. Sometimes we wonder why our life isn't as fruitful as we should be because we're in the wrong place. And we're like, God, why aren't you blessing me? God's like, because you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong position. And, you know, only if we would lift our eyes and only if we would say, say, God, like, where do you want me to be? And we search for that room and we keep going and we keep moving until we find a place that we feel at peace. Isaac this journey to fruitful, it wasn't easy, but he just kept moving. I can imagine like lugging all of your people, lugging all your kit around, all that. I don't know how long it was, but going from one place to another, digging up wells. Once it's dug up, oh, sorry, hard lines, moving on. Dig That's energy. You're like, I'd have given up a long time ago. Do you know what I mean? But he was forced out of what was comfortable for him to find what was fruitful. And he does. He finds the well. He had the wife in the comfortable, the land, he had money, he had all the flock, he had everything we just heard. All because he listened to the Lord. But when things got cozy for him, he got forced out of that position. I wonder this morning if some of us feel like we're being forced out of different situations, whether it is a job and you've got itchy feet in your job and you're like, Lord, I need a new job, move move you know sometimes I think we sit back and we say oh God if you could do this God if you could do that but God's like okay well what are you doing to help your situation <laughs> you know like God I'd love a new a, a job I don't know why job is a thing for me right now but you know like oh yeah God oh I'd love a new job yet you're applying for nothing <laughs> it can be as practical as that Lord find me a partner I want to get married I want to have this life but you're sitting at home you're not out there you're not meeting people you're not like you know what I mean like honestly I got no beef with like online dating because everyone's on their phones these days you will find someone online but the point is is like you know we sit there and we're like God if you could do this God if you could do that but then we just sit there and expect him to move on our behalf and he's like, no, Isaac, you want the well? Go get the well. Isaac, you want the fruitfulness? You go dig for it. He doesn't say, you sit there, Cariad. You sit there, my lovely. Let me just, you know, bless you, love you. Of course he does that. Of course he blesses you. But we have to move first. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. You see, we love to be comfortable. I said it myself just then. I love a pattern. I love a structure. I love, like, 
you know, for me, a routine is the best thing to ever come. You know, what I mean, waking up in the morning, have my breakfast, then you start work, then you leave work, then you have family time. Awesome. Sunday, church, non-negotiable. Friday night, youth, non-negotiable. Monday night, worship rehearsals, non-negotiable. There's some things, you know, routine. It is healthy. But what's unhealthy is we then become so kind of kutchy and so kushti in where we are that we fail to think bigger, we fail to move bigger, we fail to enlarge, we fail to stretch ourselves because actually I like what I've got right now. Moses moved, as we heard. The woman with the issue of blood, she had to move. And for her, that process was probably really embarrassing. You know, 12 years with an issue of blood, like, I can imagine that's a lot of mess. I can imagine that's a lot of cleaning up. But what happened was when she heard Jesus was there, she moved out of what was comfortable. She went out into the crowd of people that probably stared, that probably went, what is this? You know what I mean? But why? Because she knew that that's where she needed to be. And she went and she saw after Jesus and she touched the hem of his garment and she was healed. I wonder if some of us are being held back by our healing, held back by our breakthrough, because we don't want to move out of what's comfortable. Because we don't want the embarrassment that sometimes comes. Jesus, again, like I said, he healed, he did what he had to do, and then he moved on. They all moved out of what was comfortable in order to achieve fruitful. But why can't we? I'll tell you why. For example, I'm moving house, well, like I said, in a couple of weeks' time, in Jesus' name. Come on. It's been a long process, guys. A long process. Being married, living with your parents, lush. Do you know what I mean? Lush. But my point is, is when I move, the first thing I'm going to have to do massively is declutter. Because when you move, you can't take everything with you. I mean, you can, but there's going to be a lot of boxes you're going to have to buy. (laughs) But we do, don't we? Naturally, when we move on, whether it's to a new job or whether it's to a new home or even a different country, we declutter our stuff. We have like, um, you know, a garage sale and we'll be like, you know, this is going for sale. Or if you're like me, you make an Instagram account and you put everything on an Instagram account and you call it for sale.buyme, think it's the best thing in the world, but then a couple of people buy your stuff. So it kind of sucks. But anyway, not beefing. But anyway, you declutter. You decide what is worth taking with you on that journey. You, secondly then, you live in a mess. So when you move house, you don't move into a home, do you? I'm definitely not moving into a home, I can tell you that now. You grab all of your stuff, all of your valuables, all the stuff that you think this is worth me taking with me in my next season of whatever, And you get all of your stuff together and then you move. Whether it's, you know, a new house, you have all your boxes and you have all the removal vans and then they all just come and dump it. And then you're left with a mess of cleaning it all up and putting it where it needs to be. But some of us, we don't like the mess that comes with the move. We don't like the broken friendships that we have to cut off when we need to go to a healthier part of our life. We don't like the faff that comes with job applications when we know that we need to get out of where we need to be. We don't like the mess that comes around the idea of a move. And thirdly, we hate the idea of discomfort. You know, a home isn't a home for a long time when you've moved, is it? You've got to readjust. You've got maybe five more, you know, miles to drive to work. You've got maybe, you know, your saucepans are still up in the upstairs bedroom because you haven't brought them down into the kitchen yet. You don't know where your kettle is, what box is which. One box says lounge, one box says hallway, and you've, they're all mixed up. It's discomfort. It takes a lot of adjusting and a lot of adjustment to be able to adapt to your new surroundings. And some of us, we, we don't like it. And that's the thing with Isaac. Like, it would not have been comfortable. As I said before, he would have been digging and he would have been a whole lot of different mess. The woman with the issue of blood, 
mess. Jesus, like he probably left some people in a mess because they didn't get healed by Jesus. Like wherever you go and you move, you're going to leave mess. You're going to experience discomfort. But that's not to say we shouldn't move. You know, on Thursday, we prayed into um, Calon, the new year. Flip, like what a beautiful, beautiful time of prayer that was. Because we're talking about a move, a big move, a new church. You know, I know we're changing the name and whatever, but, you know, the vision and everything that comes with it, like what we're doing is significant. What we're doing is prophetic. What we're doing is, is big. And it's going to come with discomfort. It's going to come with mess. It's going to come with all of that, just like what it would if it was our own life. But we have to be driven out of what's comfortable, what is nice now about ABC. This is how we do things. We're known in the community. Da, 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 da. But you know what? It's going to be uncomfortable establishing a new name of Calon. People aren't going to know us, really. People, you know, we have to reinvent ourselves in the community again because they'll be, oh, yeah, I think they were ABC, but there'll be confusion. There'll be mess. There'll be a bit of weirdness. But we have to decide then how we're going to be in that move. We have to decide who we're going to be. Do we want to be people that live by that revive all rather than trying to dig up old wells? In our spirit, in our lives, we experience discomfort because God's like, I want to give you itchy feet so you'll move. You know, he kept moving. So Isaac, he had fruitfulness. He had promises because then what happens is the king comes to him and he says, why are you back here? You, you kicked me out. And he goes, well, that's the thing. He says, we saw clearly that God was with you. You know, when we move and God moves with us, it's visible. When we move and, you know, God's with us, just like in this new church, people see. If we stay stagnant and God isn't moving and we're not moving and nothing's moving, then how can we expect anybody to see the heart of God? How can we expect anybody to come to Jesus? Because when we move, there's evidence that always is. The woman with the issue of blood, she moved. Her evidence was healing. Moses, he moved. His evidence was he set all the Israelites free. You know, the Bible says by their fruits, they will know them. So where are you searching for your fruitfulness? I wonder if any of you feel that, feel that you want to move. I want to move. I want to move in my spirit. Flip, I want to move in my spirit. I want to move in the Holy Spirit in this church. I want to see this town like lit up on fire for Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, we want to see him. Do we want to see a move of God? Like, that doesn't sound like people who want to see a move of God. Do we actually want to see a move of God? Yeah, because if we want to see a move of God, it starts with us. If Moses hadn't have gone, if Moses hadn't have gone and, you know, done his thing in Egypt and hadn't stood up to Pharaoh and hadn't done all of that, there wouldn't have been a move of God. There wouldn't have been people set free. If we don't step up and get uncomfortable and deal with the mess that comes with it and don't move and try and dig up new things, searching for that fruitfulness and God doesn't move, we're going to be in the same position. Ammonford is still going to hell in a heartbeat if we don't get out there and save these people. Our families, our children. We need a move of God in this place. Do you not agree? You know what I mean? Like 2020, what a year. What a year for revival, you know? Oh, 2020, that was the year. That was the year where everyone in Armford came home. Imagine! You know, like when we were talking on, on Thursday, we were talking about praying like big, ballsy prayers. <laughs> I don't know if I should say that, but I just did. Big prayers. None of this, oh Lord. Lord, if you would just come. Lord, do it again. Lord, great. But Lord, come on. 
Ignite the fire. Stir us up. Stir our hearts, God. Stir a passion in me, Jesus. Help me pray big prayers. Help me see your heart. Help me know who you are. Help me have victory in my job. Help me have victory in my family, God. Stir me up. Help me pray. Encourage me. Inspire me. Build me up, Jesus, for your name's sake and your name's sake alone. When we start praying those prayers, when we start moving in power, when we start moving in authority, when we start moving in all of what God's got, victory happens. Evidence happens. People come home. People are set free. People are healed. The miraculous happens. But the thing is, is if we sit there and don't move and just pray the prayers, but don't have the deeds to go with it, nothing happens. And I don't know what it is, but the last few weeks, like, oh my gosh, have I cried over the things of church? Have I cried over, you know, where we're heading as a nation? Have I cried over like where we're heading as people, like our young people, like with mental health rising? Andrea shared, you know, suicide is the number one killer among young people. Bach, Bach, we need a move. We need a move. Loneliness is killing out our older adults. We need a move of community. We need a move in our mental health areas. We need a move. We need to move with our families. There are so many broken families. You know, it's more likely that you will have a divorce than you will have a successful marriage. We need to move. It's more likely that you will probably have up to, I think, what did I read? Like 12 jobs in your lifetime because people just don't get satisfied with where they are. You need to move. We need to move. Churches, how many chapels do you drive past on your way to church? We need to move. And we can talk about it till the cows come home. But if we're not looking, if we're not digging up wells, if we're not looking for fruitful, if we're not getting out of comfortable to achieve that, then we'll never see that move. It starts with us. It starts with us picking up our Bibles. It starts with us seeking his face. It starts with us. But that's sometimes what's the hard bit, isn't it? Because we don't really want to give ourselves over. We don't want to say, okay, Lord, like, if you need me to have those conversations, I'll have those conversations. We're not like the woman with the issue of blood that goes, you know what, I don't care how embarrassed I'm going to be. I don't care how messy it's going to be. Whatever the cost, I need that healing. We get uptight and we get prideful and we say, oh, well, thing is, if I quit my job, it just looks really odd because I've only been there for a long time, but I know I should never have applied for it. But, you know, it's just awkward if I do that. But I know that this next job is really what I want to be doing. But pride steps in and fear steps in. And you think, oh, gosh, we don't move. And then we wonder why, you know, we, we come to church and, and God doesn't meet us my best thing I ever hear oh God didn't meet me what do you mean God didn't meet you all you have to do is close your eyes and look to him and he'll meet you wherever you are whether it's your church whether it's your bedroom whether it's your car God will meet you and what I want to do this morning is just kind of sing a song of you that oh my gosh have I cried over this song because the words of this song Oh, they're amazing. I, actually, let's have them just on screen. I just want to speak them. It says, but I know in the middle is the place where you promised to be. Because that's the beautiful thing about Isaac. God was with him the whole time. The king saw that. Isaac then goes on to have Jacob. Jacob then goes on to have Joseph. You know what they say about Joseph? The Lord was with him, so he prospered. Because when we're faithful to God and we allow him to work through us, it goes on for generations. And people see the fruit of what you've sown. Your kids, they will reap 
what you have sown. Your grandkids, they'll go on to reap things that you have sown. You may not see the full fruit and full effect of what you've done in your lifetime, but thank goodness God's going to use it. And this song, then it goes on to say this. It goes on to say, I'm not enough unless you come, because we're not. Will you meet me here again? Because all I want is all you are. Will you meet me here again? And the bridge says this. It says, the bridge then goes on. There we go. Not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord's in this place. And there's this next bit. Come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. And that's the thing is like sometimes it can feel like, you know, okay, well, where is God in my life? Where is God in this move? If I'm going to make a move, then where's God going to be? He don't forsake you. He don't leave you. And I just wonder if that's our prayer this morning. Come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. Things that are dead, come on. People's hearts that are dead, our town that is dead, come on. I'm not talking about now like getting, you know, digging up those old wells again. No, I'm talking about people that are, you know, dying in their heart. Our young people that are leaving this earth because they can't cope and taking the decision to leave. People who are stuck in their jobs that the dry bones awaken, we pray. So just, we did this again on Thursday, like, what do you want to see a move in? Because I feel like when you know what you want to see a move in, it helps you work towards that. When you have a focal point, when you have a place where you know, like when you have an end goal, you know, start with the end in mind. I can't remember, I think Stephen Colby says that, start with the end in mind. Where's your end this morning? Where do you want to be? What job do you want? What are you going to do to get there? What do you want your marriage to look like? What are you going to do to get there? What do you want your life with your family to look like? What are you going to do to get there? And just in this moment, as I sing this over us, just have that at the forefront of your mind. You know, God, like, move in me. Because when you move in me, ah, the things that can happen. Thank you, God. You're so worthy, Jesus. Because I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? Because all I want is all you are. Will you meet me here again? Because I'm not.
this new light, this new revelation of who Jesus was. Maybe that's the prayer of some of us this morning, that we just want us to, him to meet us again. Stir us up, Father, so that we can see dry bones awaken. Stir our hearts, Father, so that we can see your kingdom come. Stir our hearts, Father, that we would see you glorified. Stir our hearts, Father, that we would see healed people being healed. Stir our hearts, Father, that we would see giants slain in your name. You know, stir our hearts, Father, so that we might see young people come and find freedom and hope and love in you. Stir our hearts, Father, that we might find people in jobs with satisfaction. Stir our hearts, Father, that we might find families restored and reunited, God, and birthed in the house, God. We want to see more of you, Jesus. Meet us here again, God. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.